Have you ever stopped to wonder what might be holding you back at work? Have you felt a tight feeling inside when faced with challenges? You could guess that to be self-doubt, hesitation, anxiety, or could the underlying culprit be fear? Today, we are exploring a topic that often lurks in the shadows of our daily grind, and that is fear in the workplace. Get ready to confront your fears head on as we uncover how they might be impacting your business process. We'll guide you through strategies and acknowledge and address these fears, helping you break free from limitations and achieve greater success. Listen in as we dig in. Welcome to the Girls of Grit podcast, hosted by Annalisa Rhodes and Cynthia Ficarra, two professional women bringing you over 40 years experience as top performers, top earners, and leaders in the male-dominated medical device industry. Grounded in grit, our mission is to cultivate a platform that will pave the way for women to stand at the forefront of leadership, driving positive change, and shaping the landscape of traditionally male-dominated industries. We are dedicated to fostering an environment where women not only face challenges head-on, but also thrive as leaders, charting their unique course to CEO status of their own chosen career paths. Welcome to the Girls of Grit podcast. It's time to dig in. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning to all of our listeners out there. Good morning, Lisa, and everybody out there. In this episode, we are attempting to understand what it is that we fear and why. And I'm very excited about this topic because there's an acronym that I have heard for years. And has anybody heard of an acronym for fear out there? So the one that I am referring to is fear can be defined as false evidence appearing real. And I find that so impactful. So I'm going to say it again. What is fear? It may be false evidence appearing real. So what does this mean in the context of our professional lives? Are the obstacles we see as insurmountable, truly based on reality, or are they merely illusions? So if you've ever felt that something is holding you back in your career, then this episode is for you. Gosh, Cindy, that is so profound. Yes, I I can say from personal experience, fear is a lot. Uh, It is intertwined, I feel like, in everything that we do in our daily lives. And of course, it plays a big role in our workplace. And, you know... um, I've been doing a lot of reading recently and, you know, one of the things that I am constantly reminded of is that in the Bible, actually, fear not is mentioned 365 times, one time for each day. Seriously? 365? Yes. I I didn't know that. (laughs) I know. In fact, I Googled it to make sure, but that is true. It truly is 365 times in the Bible, one for every day. And uh, recently, actually, in one of my readings, I was reading Proverbs, uh, and I went to chapter 29. And so it's Proverbs 29, 25, verse 25. And I quote, the fear of man brings a snare, but 
no matter what kind of fear the enemy sends us, and by the way, the enemy can be in our brains, the important thing is to overcome it. When we are faced with fear, we should not give in to it. It is imperative to our victory or our winnings that we determine, I will not fear. And you know, for me, that really stands out because how many times have you talked yourself out of doing something? How many times have you listened to the negative voices in your head saying, you're never going to be able to do that. You're not going to amount to that. You can't compete with him or her. Who are you to think that you can do this? And I'm telling you, I've lived with those voices in my head ever since I think I was a child. And I would think that probably most people can attest to the same stories. So today, we are going to talk about types of fear in the workplace, why it's an important discussion, and how to overcome that fear that we face in the workplace. So what is fear? Well, like I mentioned before, fear is intertwined with everything that we do. It can be from beginning as a new mom, to starting a new job, to becoming a CEO of your company. Um, one of the great definitions that we found was fear often stems from uncertainty, the fear of the unknown. It's like trying to navigate a path without a map. The anticipation of what might happen can be pretty daunting. Understanding the source of that uncertainty can help unravel the roots of fear. That's pretty I just powerful. Think, I think it's very profound. So today we're going to discuss different types of fear that you can find in the workplace. And while there are many, Lisa and I decided to focus on three very common types of fear. And those we have identified as number one, fear of failure. Number two, fear of rejection. And number three, fear of disappointing someone. And so let's start with fear of failure. We believe that this is one of the most common concerns that you can see in the workplace. And when you have fear of failure, it can really prevent you from really ever taking action. You know, you've heard that phrase, frozen in fear. And this is where, what I mentioned at the very beginning, you may need to ask yourself, like, is this a real fear or could this fear be false evidence appearing real? Yeah. So, you know, I'm nodding in agreement here because obviously I can think of so many examples. I mean, from a simple cold call, right? So you're so worried about going to this new customer's office or physician's office or picking up the phone and asking someone to buy your product. That in and of itself can cause fear because in your head, what are you telling yourself? Are you already saying, oh, they're going to say no. I'm so afraid that they're going to tell me I'm going to fail anyhow. Why am I even doing this? So you automatically even like talk yourself out of it. For me, um, what comes to mind is when I first got the idea to write my book, I mean, of course I was like excited and I'm like, oh, I've got all these great ideas. And it's like, then I'll be honest. It took me seven years. <laughs> now, some of that was seven? just because, yeah, yeah, it took me seven years. Seven years. It, did. it did. I know. And it's a really short oh book, my. too. Like, what? How could that take seven years? Okay, but let me explain. Let me explain. So I got the idea like a long, long time ago. And then it was like finding the time to write it. Okay, so that was one of the reasons. And of course, you know, look, life gets in. I know. I know. It's so embarrassing. Life gets in the way, though. You know, you get you have kids. You have activities. You've got work. You've got all these different things that you're trying to do in life. And 
writing a book is like a side note because obviously you really probably assume you're not going to make a whole lot of money at it. Um, so anyhow, that got in the way. Then of course, writer's block got in the way. Then of course it was like, what am I doing? Who am I to write a book on this? There are so many women out there that could write a much better book than me that could tell the story way better than I could that could X, Y, Z. Right. And so I constantly was telling myself until one day I listened to a podcast and it was like, why are you stopping what you're set out to do? Your story and your story alone is what sets you apart from everyone else. And it was with those words that I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and write this darn book. And I got up at four and three in the morning and at 10 o'clock at night and, you know, here and there. And I finally got it done and I got it out. And no, it's not on the bestsellers list, but I was <laughs> so afraid of how it was going to be perceived and taken and, and embraced that I allowed that to literally paralyze me for seven years. So, you know, I really believe in that fear of failure. It's, it's bad. I mean, it can absolutely take over your mind. And again, going back to what I said in the beginning is what are you telling yourself in your head? Because I truly do believe that that's that false evidence appearing real, you know? Uh, Lisa, that's, that's a really, really great example. And, you know, just sharing with us how you felt. And I think one thing I take in listening to you is that, yes, you experience that self-doubt and then you hesitate to take action. And I want to just take a quick moment to reiterate how important it is that we all understand that failing is part of the, the process. So fear of failing is, is, not something that should hold us back from ever starting. We never get to success without failing multiple times along the way, because truly this is where we learn. You know, you hear you learn from your mistakes or where you grow as you go. And so, you know, um, you've known me for a long time and failure sometimes is a really heavy word. And so when I look at, I have a different phrase for the word failure. I call it areas of growth because I do believe that say you're reflecting on something and what were you successful at? And then instead of saying, where did you fail? I think it's important that you say, what were you successful at doing and where can you grow? Because every little bit that you trip is where you're going to pick yourself up and grow more and go further. And I just think it's really important that fear of failure that we bring forth for whether it's writing a book or with your customers, that it can truly stop you from what you're doing. And I, and I love the story that you told, and I just want to really reiterate that it is part of the learning process. Yeah, you're right. It, it is. You're exactly right. I appreciate you saying that. So, you know, I think along with the fear of rejection, uh, or along with the fear of failure comes the fear of rejection. Um, and of course, again, my book is a great example of that, but just being, you know, concerned that people are going to be like, what is this? Who does she think she is? And no way am I going to, no way am I going to read this, order this, listen to it, want to, you know, whatever, accept it. And um, it, it's a tough one. Rejection is tough. I mean, I think as small children, we aim to please, right? We don't want to be rejected from the friend groups, right? We want everybody to love us and, and, and accept us for who we are. And then we learn that the world is a cruel place and that many people can be rejected for reasons that they never should be rejected for. And then in turn, that causes us to become, you know, concerned about being rejected and whether it's our, our customers or our colleagues or just, you know, anyone, 
I think that fear of rejection is, is a big one that can really hinder us in terms of going out and achieving our goals. And I wish in some ways we could see that sometimes rejection isn't always a closed door completely. Sometimes I think a fear of rejection, like we look at the word no, you know, no doesn't mean no, not forever. No means not now. No means not the right time. No means maybe I don't have enough information. So I think when we think of fear of rejection, it's something that we need to think a little bit further into. Is it something we're telling ourselves without having all of the components we need to make that true conclusion that it was truly rejection? And, you know, there's a story that comes to mind. This is something I witnessed at a conference. And um, just to explain, I was the witness. So I, I say witness, I was just standing there. There was a customer I was speaking to and another female came up to speak to this customer, one that she will now be calling on, but she doesn't know him or didn't know him. She had um, recently started a new job, met with his partner. And I just wanna kind of explain how this situation went. And to tell you while I was standing there, I think this truly exhibits fear of rejection and it made me uncomfortable just watching her. So, so I introduce her to him and she says, oh, I um, sent you, and it was something like this. I sent you an email, but I'm, I'm sure you're busy and maybe you didn't read it, but I did speak to your partner and he said, oh, okay, well, nice to meet you. She said what product she had. Then she said, well, I would, I would, um, how does she say? I had emailed you, but I don't want to bother you. I'm not the kind of rep who bothers you. And the doctor said, no, no, it's okay. You can go ahead and, and send me the email. So I have your contact information. And she repeated, I'm not that kind of rep. I, I don't want to bother you. I don't, um, you know, but, you know, do you have time to meet? But it's okay if you don't. And I, and I stood there feeling like, wow, he was so friendly and so open to, yes, when can we meet? Then told her, you know, these days are good. These days are bad. I would, he even said, yes, I would like to meet with you and get a chance to trial the product that my partner did. And I just wanted to take her aside and say, wow, what were you afraid of? I was right there. I was a nice, you know, here I am lending an olive branch. It's comfortable that it's somebody I know that should be a real comfortable introduction. And it just made me really look at, she was afraid of being rejected, afraid that he would not want to meet with her. And I think we all need to rethink that. Yeah. It sounds like she talked herself out of a sale. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. I mean, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> listening to this story. So, but you know, at the same time, I can totally feel for her because I'm, I know I have been in those positions where I'm like, oh, this is super uncomfortable. I got to go talk to this doctor who I really don't know very well. And he's super powerful and he's really busy. And you know, what if he says no? And it's like, stop, just stop. You know, it's really something that can just hack your brain. Um, so, you know, another one of the fears that you and I talked about is disappointment, the fear of disappointment. And that disappointment could be anything from being a new mom, like I mentioned before, and disappointing, I don't know, your mother or your mother-in-law, right? Oh, you're not doing it the right way, honey. And it's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But, you know, it's like embracing who you is are. Is the diaper and, backwards? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why don't you stop 
crying. Um, you know what I mean? And those fears are super real as a mom. Cause you're like, I'm a mom. I should know what to do. Doesn't this just come naturally? But hello, sometimes it just doesn't come naturally. <laughs> Not to everybody. It's a learned experience. That's why by the time you're, you got your fifth child or you're older and having kids, you're like, eh, no worries. That kid's in the dirt somewhere. They're eating dirt. It's great. They're, it's fine. <laughs> you know? But, but truthfully though, you know, I think we all worry about disappointment and disappointing others. And I think that's the expectations that we place on ourselves, you know, whether that's mm -hmm. I'm going to be the best mother in the world, or I'm going to be the number one sales rep in my company, or I'm going to win over this customer and I'm going to gain, you know, millions of dollars of ad sponsorships. It's all the same thing because you want to be seen a certain way. And, you know, Cindy, when we were doing research on this, one of the main uh, comments that was said with all the fears, and there's a couple more, that everything is all connected by judgment. It's like, mm. who, who are you worried about that's going to judge you? Is it your is it your customers? Is it your colleagues? Is it your VP of sales? Who is, is it your friends? Is it the mother-in-law? I, you know, so again, it's like, you're so worried about disappointing someone. So I can think of a really good example here because, you know, this really happens to me or did happen to me until I figured out how to master it. But in our line of business, um, what we're doing every day, walking into ORs, patients on tables, surgeons turning to look at you and say, okay, what's my next step with the device that you're selling? That's a lot of pressure right? That's a, that's a lot of pressure put on you. And I don't know how other people handle pressure, but, and, and honestly, Cindy, this used to happen to me when I was a singer, when I was performing every freaking time. And I never mm. learned how to handle this type of reaction until I got into medical devices and I learned how to kind of uh, capture that fear um, and put it towards the right, the right ways. But I physically go cold before every case. Like literally my whole hmm. body turns frigid. I start shaking. My heart rate goes up. My breathing goes shallow. And it is truly a physiological response to nervousness. And it's the, it's the pressure that I'm putting on myself to not disappoint my customers, to not disappoint my patients, to not disappoint myself because it's a big deal. And if you screw up, you could really harm something, harm a person. And that's like a lot of pressure, right? That's large expectations. So through time, I have learned how to deal with this. And we can talk about this again when we talk about how to manage these fears. But for me, it was learning how to breathe. Literally, I take these huge, and I do it now, every case, big, big, deep breaths. I back up, I breathe, I mentally talk to myself. I say a little prayer. And then slowly but surely, my body becomes positive again for energy. And it's actually like this warmth that goes through my body. It's the weirdest thing. But I'm telling you, it has literally been a problem for me since the time that I was little and I would get up on stage and sing. It, that's pretty amazing, Lisa. And I guarantee there is somebody out there listening that also has something similar to you, or, or maybe even the same type of physiological reaction to nerves. And, you know, as humans, our bodies are built as a fight or flight defense. So when you have that, that pressure you put on yourself, you don't want to disappoint someone, that fear of disappointing and understanding that, okay, this moment, you also know it's important. 
And so you're focusing on this, but you know, you really care about this. So your, your body is telling you, this is exactly what you need to do to, to focus on something because sometimes nerves can be good that if you have been doing this, let's face it, you've been doing this for over 20 some years. And we talked before about it in our specific line of work for medical device. There is a patient on the table in every single case you go into. Every single case is important. You don't have the ability to become complacent. So your body can actually help you because you know that in your mind. So you have this physiological reaction to nerves. But what I was most impressed with is that you, through time, I'm getting older, this helps, is that you learned how to condition your nervous system to overcome that fear. And the human body allows you to do that. And I think that this this episode on fear and sharing something as real as that, I I hope this helps somebody else out there who gets sweaty, who gets nervous, who, who gets shaky or can't breathe. All of these things are manageable um, symptoms and you can continue to excel in your career. You can move forward. You can be very, very successful Um, just because you trip over these little things along the way. Do not let this stop you. Do not let the fear of disappointment, rejection, or failure, or any physiological effects your body has stop you. So I think that um, I love how you tied in those three, fear of failure, fear of rejection, and fear of disappointment in a big umbrella of fear of judgment. So I I think it's important we move into why we are having this discussion. And And I sort of touched on it, but it comes to mind when we were looking into a lot of research of fear, because honestly, Lisa and I felt very strongly about this topic today. There was an article, it was in 1996 in the Journal for Quality and Participation. A. Briskin was the author. And I want to quote one thing from this abstract that I can even, we can put in the show notes. It defines fear can take the form of tentativeness in the face of uncertainty. Fear becomes self-doubt and self-doubt cripples one abilities to assert oneself. Again, Lisa, you could be crippled by the physiological effects that you had, but instead, what did you do? You learned how to manage and move forward. And that is why we find this topic so important. Yeah. Yep. I, I really, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking about that next case and I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like, oh I'm nervous again, but it's true. I mean, you, you have to hit, hit it head on. You really do. Um, and you know, I, I know that like, as, as we embark on this platform that we are now creating and sharing and working through with tons of other women, it's scary for us. I mean, we are, we want, we know what we want to get to. We know our full potential, but the fears behind that can hold us back. And it's up to us to make sure that we don't allow that. I mean, it it truly is crippling. If you're not careful, it truly is crippling. You know, another thing that I was thinking about as I was talking about my physiological reactions to being nervous (laughs) is it reminds me about athletes, right? Like star athletes and 
you know, I was, I was talking with one of them not that long ago. And I was like, do you get really nervous in your stomach before games? And he was like, oh my God, yes. He's like, I vomit before every game. You know, I have to make sure that I don't eat anything because then it's going to come out the other end. Like literally all of these things. And I'm like, well, how do you manage it? And he's like, well, I know it's going to happen. So it happens. And then I get my mind right. I literally Mm -hmm. say to myself, I've got to get my mind right. And that is so important to be able to overcome fear because guess what? He wouldn't be a star athlete if he wasn't able to manage his fears. So Lisa, I know you swam and you brought a really good um, thought to my mind. There was a trigger in every swim meet and it was on the starting block and you would hear swimmers take your Uh, mark and there's a pause. And then it was like years ago, it was a cap gun. It's a beep now. But that moment of swimmers take your mark, the fear, like I would have tingles and cheers and you hold your breath and you can't even breathe, but then you dive in the cold water and then you, you know, you visualize and you can do it. But that truly is like fear, but it's also good fear. And I think that, you know, um, it's important that you identify because you hit that cold water. It's that adrenaline rush. You know what you need to do. You're pushing yourself to be your best. You're swimming as fast as you can, but you're focused. And so athletes, that same process they go through is something you can do in your work. You know what triggers it, your cases. Okay. So now work your way through that. Yeah. Gosh, you, oh God, I remember being a swimmer. Oh, I still can't get into a pool without getting sick to my stomach. It is weird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really it's, it's weird nerves you're fine to, you're on it that is. block it is, and somebody should fall start oh god I know. <laughs> then you got to get back out of the pool again redo it yeah <laughs> but you know so i think what we're what we're talking about actually is the third part of this episode which is how to overcome your fear and you know the very first thing that we're we're both talking about and what everyone seems to be doing is changing your mindset changing the way that you look and feel and anticipate that fear, that concern, that whatever is driving you to potentially not do something, you gotta change your mindset. And you know, it brings me back, Cindy, to the story you told earlier in the episode about the female rep calling on this physician. Girl, if she had just said to herself minutes before, seconds before, he's gonna buy my product, he's gonna use it, he's gonna say yes, He's going to be happy to see me. I'm happy to see him show my excitement, show the fact that he's already bought into me and my product in my mind when I talk, because it comes through in your words and in your intonation. You are confident. You aren't second guessing saying, oh, don't worry. Oh, you don't have to. You're talking your customer or yourself or both out of a potential sale that hasn't even happened yet for crying out loud. So go in there with the positive mindset. I, I guarantee you probably every star athlete's like, I'm winning this game. And even if they don't win it, they sure as heck set themselves up to win it. it the mind share when it goes into especially a cold call is, is so huge. And you just nailed it on the head. And, you know, I have three quick suggestions I can give, you know, reiterating pretty much what you said. Let's take that specific story. And let's say she's walking up, just like you said, get that feeling of that good energy. Already tell yourself that, hey, this customer will want to talk to me, will want to buy from me. So how do you do that? How do you build yourself up? One way is one thing that I do in my work is each week I record weekly wins. They could be super, super small. 
they can be super, super big. And if I have something I'm nervous about, I can flip back through my weekly wins and remind myself, hey, look what I've done. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. Sometimes it may be, if you're really nervous, think about what it feels like to walk up on stage and win President's Club. Like that energy level you feel, that confidence, your shoulders are back, you're happy. What if you approached a cold call the same way you do to walk up on stage? It's a mind game, but we're all capable of it. And the other thing I want to say too and change your mindset is kind of like what we touched on earlier. Think like an athlete, okay? So put yourself in the shoes of a champion. Before every game match huddle, teams get, I mean, game match or meet, they get in a huddle, right? So think about what would you say in your own huddle before you walk up to your customer? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, like I was saying, right? Like tell yourself, this, cust- this customer already likes me. He, he, he's going to buy from me. He's going to be interested in this. This is a product that he's interested in. You know, he's going to trial it. I'm going to make it easy for him to say yes and very hard for him to say no. Absolutely. And envisioning that positive, setting those goals. And just remember, we all have a little bit of fear, we're all a little bit nervous, but do not let that stop you. You just have to keep going. It is okay to be afraid. That's how you manage it. It's okay to be afraid. Acknowledge I'm afraid. So what? But just keep going. So in summary, I think it's really important that we be realistic with all of our goals. And sometimes as women, we're the hardest on ourselves. So we hope in this episode, we were able to shine some light on different types of business-related fears that might be lingering in the background of your work, affecting your decisions, actions, and overall job satisfaction. So take some actionable steps to overcome this fear at work, whether it's fear of failure, fear of rejection, or fear of disappointing someone, we really hope we provided you with recognition of fear and then tools and knowledge knowledge to help you confront these fears head on. But fear not, because it isn't as much about eliminating fear as it is to learning how to use it to your advantage. Perfectly said, Cindy. So today, our call of action is this. Ask yourself, is this fear real or is it false evidence appearing real? Recognize that fear is everywhere, whether you are a star athlete, a famous Hollywood star, or a female businesswoman. The question is, are you able to identify and acknowledge it? And then can you harness it, master it, use it to your benefit, and not allow it to be to your detriment? Thank you so much for tuning in to another great episode of the Girls of Grit. We are so happy you joined us today. Have a wonderful week. Bye, everyone. All you need is a little bit of grit to be your best today and build for tomorrow. Find us on Instagram at the Girls of Grit, our website, thegirlsofgrit.com, and LinkedIn the girls of grit.